Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Miriam Simmel Walfish, and today we're studying Masechet Sukkah, Daf Mem He, page 45. Sukkot is a holiday about being with God more intimately than we are the rest of the year. The Sukkah functions as an experiential reminder of this fact. We leave the comfort of our home to spend time with God in porous huts that make us feel vulnerable and enable us to let God in. But does God enter? What does this intimacy look like on God's end? Today's discussion will explore the type of relationship between humans and God that we try to enact on Sukkot. The jumping off point for this theme is a Mishnah describing the temple ritual of taking the Arava, willow, a ritual echoed in the practice of Hoshana, where we process around the Torah with our lulav and a trog. When the temple stood, the priests would go to a place called Motzah, gather willow boughs, and surround the altar with them. They would sound the shofar and circle the newly decorated altar once each day and seven times on the seventh day. The Maharsha, a commentator on the Talmud, explores the symbolic implications of this ritual in his commentary, discussing the protection we are invoking through the act of circling. He invokes Psalms 34. Verses 5 to 8 read as follows. Darashti, I sought the Lord who answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked at God and were radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor person cried, and God heard, saving her from all of her troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round about those who fear God and delivers them. These verses describe two-sided relationship. A person seeks God, gazes at God, and cries out to God. In response, God answers her, delivers her, saves her and encamps around her for protection. Despite the mutuality in the verses, the relationship is still fairly unbalanced. People are in trouble and cry out to God, and God saves them from their fears and trials. The relationship in these verses is reflected in the ritual act of circling the altar or the Torah. One reading of this ritual is that we are modeling for God the action we want God to take. We circle the altar to remind God to circle us. By circling the altar, we invite the angel of God from the verse to settle in around us, providing divine protection. The circle is also reminiscent of the circling of the walls in Jericho in Joshua 6, a moment of military triumph arrived at through ritual expression of faith in God. However, in the the continuation of its description of the ritual, the Mishnah reports a dispute about the language of the words that accompany this ritual of circling, a dispute that raises another possibility 
about how to interpret the ritual of circling. The opening anonymous view in the Mishnah, the Tanakama, says, "Bechol yom mekifin et hamizbeach pa'am achat, ve'omrim, ana Hashem hoshiana, ana Hashem hatzlichana." Every day they would surround the altar once and say, "Please God save, please God cause success." Thus far, the language is consonant with the fixed rules outlined above. We circle the altar asking God for salvation, hoping that God provides. But Rabbi Yehuda has another idea. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Aniva Ho Hoshiana. Rabbi Yehuda suggests that we chant instead, I and he please save. This cryptic phrase sparked the imagination of the Maharsha and the Tosafists before him. This phrase makes little grammatical sense. We address God with, please save, but the words I and he, anivaho, seem to be in what grammaticists term the nominative form, indicating that they are the actors in the sentence. This strange phrase leaves us puzzled. Whom are we asking God to save? What is the role of I and he in this salvation? The Tosfot and the Maharsha read the I and the He as if they are both, in fact, the objects of salvation. The Maharsha invokes the phrase Imo Anochi to explain how this works. This phrase has a Midrashic resonance in Shmot Rabbah. Ilulei Shahadavar Katu Iyef Sharla Amro Amar Lehakadosh Baruchuli Israel Were the matter not written, it would have been impossible to invent it. God said to Israel, If you have no merits, I will act for my own sake. It is as if to say that all the days that you are in trouble, I am there with you. The Maharsha suggests, therefore, that Rabbi Yehuda's phrase, Ani Hoshiana, is a request for God to save God's self. We are reminding God that when we suffer, God too suffers. In the Maharsha's reading of Rabbi Yehuda, we are asking God to save God's self by saving us. This reading begins to collapse the distance between us and God. No longer are we a lowly people in trouble, begging our transcendent ruler for deliverance. This ruler needs this deliverance because she suffers just as much as we do. God's participation in our suffering removes God from the seat of the judging monarch, whose role on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is to examine us, critique us, and sentence us, for good or ill, depending on our actions. By the time Sukkot rolls around, it's too late. Either we've done this personal work, or we haven't, but the verdict is pretty much set. Now we approach God, begging God to shift God's role from that of transcendent judge 
to that of our divine twin, one who shares in our grief and our sorrow, in our joy and our celebration. This brings us to a second possible reading of the act of circling. Perhaps as we circle, we are not only invoking God's protection, perhaps we are assuming the role of the angel in Psalms 34.8. As we encircle the altar or the Torah, we protect God. Aniva Hoshiana should thus be read in two ways simultaneously. In the Maharsha's read, God, please save me and yourself. And in this new read, I and God will save. Neither reading works with all parts of the phrase perfectly, but the phrase's grammatical ambiguity allows us to imagine Sukkot as a time to be in a true covenant with God in which we encircle each other, protect each other, and save each other, regardless of our merits. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.